anyone can be ready for back to school, but with Staples Connect, you can be more than ready. Like I got everything this teacher put on this list ready and saved a ton ready. They've got more backpacks, more pins, and more supplies than you ever thought possible. So go ahead and strap up them Velcros and gas up that Honda Fit and smear war finger paint on your face. Staples has everything you need and more for the new school year. Let's do this. Just visit your nearest Staples store or go to staplesconnect.com for inspiration. It's just me and you. I feel so lost. Cause I don't know what to do. Now what if I choose the wrong thing to do? You better I didn't even know you knew these words. I'm so afraid. Afraid of disappointing you. So I need to talk to you. Come on. And ask you for your guidance. Especially today, uh-huh. when my world is so cloudy, guide me until <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, yes. I'll open up my eyes. Sing! <laughs> sing! You know why I had to sing that for you? Because... I was on FaceTime with Nikki and Dustin, oh and I don't time. know what was said, but this song came to mind, and I started singing it, <laughs> and Nikki was like, wait a minute, bitch. Why do you, that's what I'm saying, when Why did do you, you know learn? the words to this? When did you learn Yolanda Adams opened I actually didn't realize I knew all the words until I started singing it. I was like, damn, I know, like, there's like three songs that I can really get jiggy with. So, you know, that was probably during the era when Yolanda Adams' <laughs> videos was running on like Planet Soul on VET. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I All those teeth. And I remember this makes me think of my... Yes! This, <laughs> you just... Me and my friends in college, I can't remember which one said it, but one of my friends was... Because, you know, Yolanda Adams had many teeth back then, oh, right? A mouthful of rulers, I honey. I mean, it was just... It was literally... It was a Coachella in her mouth every time. <laughs> Just people on top of people, on top of people, on top of people. Making All, the world go round. Listen, and <laughs> there was one particular tooth on the bottom row that stood taller than the rest. Yes, and you know, did. my friend, I can't think of which one, they used to call it an adjunct tooth. This tooth was not on the faculty. It was an adjunct tooth. I can't remember which one of my absolutely ridiculous friends said that. But that rings in my spirit every time I hear that open my heart video because I can visualize her in those faux locks. And 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 all of her, you know, uh, neo soul extra, yes, <laughs> unnecessary fabrics, yes. you know, because they love to swaddle clothes. You know, swaddling clothes was the I big would... <laughs> in that era, and the earth tones. You know, she they had her looking like a gospel India. Know me, know me, if you please. And <laughs> she just had that adjunct tooth, <laughs> just standing tall in her mouth for Jesus. Adjunct tooth. That tooth was standing tall for Jesus. Down. 
And it just like, whew, that was a good literally, blast from the past. Literally Shout standing out tall for Jesus. To my friends. To my <laughs> friends from undergrad. My Manhattan College friends. friends. Shout out to all of you, wherever you are. What a wonderful time we had there. So good. Adjunct tooth. It was an adjunct tooth. And I can't think for the life of me who said it, but I know I, I know the group of friends and we share these memories. Oh my God. What a wonderful time to be alive. Oh but praise the God. Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back to the ride. Uh, uh, the ghettos where Jade and I discuss the ghettos of the worst hood we've ever endeavored yes. to live in. And that would be adulthood. We're back again around the kitchen table to discuss the test, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations. And the taxes of being a real life adult in the year and of the our Lord. And the turds. Oh, and the turds, yes. Of being <laughs> yeah. a real live adult in the year of our Lord. 2021. How are you? I am I am present. I am safe and I have what I need. And everything else is going to work itself out. That's it. That's all you How can are do, you? sis. Yes, Same. I know that it, today was, was Noah's first day of school. Yes. yes today was noah's first day of school now what grade um, are we in now so you know noah is in a special school where yes. there are no grades oh uh, this they is are so brooklyn groups. I love it. <laughs> it's very brooklyn i i'm here for it please. it is <laughs> please expound it's very brooklyn it's you know brooklyn has its own sort of set of norms about these things please it is so she has it's a- age groups it's age groups. Uh, mm. It's a social justice school. I don't yes. know if I've told you that before. I remember. Um, it's come up. So it is a social justice school, but they go by age groups as opposed to grades. So she has moved up. Mm-hmm. This is her mm-hmm. first year in the new group because she was in the five to seven for the past oh, few years. And now she's in the eight to ten. So um, which they call the uh, upper lower school or something. No, no, no. Excuse me. Uh, lower Something like that. So (laughs) I'm such an involved mother. So, um, so, but she's moved up, you know, we had to do a little meeting for her to move up and they don't do report card. Like they don't do testing and report cards. They do narrative reports. So they let you know, um, you know, quarterly how your kid is doing academically, socially, um, you know, how they're adjusting within with their peers, you know, how they how they're what they are with their social justice, you know, how that comes up. So it's really a very beautiful setting, um, you know, that I understand the privilege and the oddity of. And so <laughs> privilege and oddity. We you know, that. so I I do try to talk to her, but I'm like, listen, I don't know if you're going to be in these kind of schools. Forever. I'm going to try and keep you in these kind of schools forever, my nigga. But I don't know if <laughs> if we're going to be able to do it forever. So I just need you to understand that things move different. Like yes. <laughs> they move different other places. Yes. But I also, you know, you got to do what works for your kid. You got to understand for your sure. kid's spirit and um, you got to do what works for them. And I recognize that she is not a sit up in a class of 30 kids look at a chalkboard type of kid you know what I'm saying like she mm. needs she needs to to have a little bit of like movement and freedom in what she's doing and it's a fight you know if this she doesn't dope. have that movement and that this freedom is so this is dope I so I, 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 I love yeah. to hear it this is good I'm I'm this is resonating with me now I'm actually doing uh this week I am reading proposals I'm on a panel review for NSF for the National Science Foundation we're reading proposals to determine like who's going to get this research funding. So I just oh, read a proposal er- earlier today. That is important. That's so important. 
No, I mean, you know, this these are like one of the important like service aspects of of my job. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool because I it allows me to sort of take what I've learned and sort of um you know, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to how to frame it, but it's important that people who have the perspectives that we have be in certain seats, right? So, because we are positioned yes. to sort of advocate Absolutely. for things that need to be, uh, you know, advanced and promoted, and we are are positioned to speak out against things that need to be sort of eradicated from facts educational practice and in, in the mm -hmm. landscape. So, like, you know, this is is this funding will um, fund research around issues of racial equity, and I read this important wow. proposal today about culturally responsive teaching mm. and how important it is you know for a pedagogical practice so literally the practice of teachers how teachers teach their yes. how they go about curriculum design and presenting content it's important that that be culturally responsive especially when you're teaching ch children of color yes um yes or other you know marginalized uh identities yeah and so i love this concept of a social justice school um, because, you know, it really speaks against sort of these sort of conventional ways that we've been taught yeah. to think about, uh, you know, the history Education. And, and the world, you know, mm -hmm. that, that has historically excluded the perspectives of black and brown people. So I'm I love it because they, they, they have a democratic <clears throat> meeting once I mean, every Friday in which the kids can speak up and talk mm -hmm. about how they feel at the school what they want to learn mm -hmm. so they consult they consider all of that and and what they uh form their curriculum around um so they're able to vote on what they want to learn talk they talk about social issues obviously you know you've got the obvious they change columbus day to indigenous people's day like right you know right. that's what they call it that's what it is a valentine's community love day <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying they yeah. have this um they have this program that Noah was a part of. Oh, I forgot what it was called, but it was so Litter League. Litter League, where they oh, went out and cleaned up the parks. I love it. Around the city. Um, it's you know, so and they awesome do. that even at this really young age, like yes. you're raising a little critical thinker. That's so I, key. And I, I'm grateful for these spaces, you know what I'm saying? Because that's not everywhere. And I know everybody doesn't have access right. to that type of space for you know for their child or what have you because depending upon what kind of area you live in or whatever it's resources but i'm so grateful for it they have black girl affinity group where mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. get the black girls of oh, those age that. groups together and with so the black good. teachers and they talk about their feelings and they have lgbtq uh, mm -hmm. affinity group and they've you know they really support their trans students and they they're just and you know they really support um social justice issues around black people and like like and they they apply it in how they move within the school yeah, it's not just talk and so i really am grateful for that type of environment um and i wish that we had more of that within black communities you know what i'm for saying sure. like her school is very mixed y'all know that's gonna come with you know you there's a trade-off yeah, especially in a place like ever gentrifying brooklyn New ever York. gentrifying brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> deeply Absolutely. gentrified brooklyn deeply. which you know i'm not i don't have a problem with her being able to socialize with people of all kinds i need you to understand how to do that because when you go out in this world there's things that i'm going to teach you at home yeah. that you need to understand right but i also do wish that we had more of this with with black people and like we were able no, that, to form think, these type of educational <clears throat> 
programs and institutions for for our communities. Both of those desires can and should coexist, right? So you don't have, it it shouldn't have to be a trade-off. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Our children are to be, you know, emotionally intelligent and, and socially aware uh, and socially responsible. They should be critical thinkers. Um, But it's also important that they uh, understand the importance Mm -hmm. of sort of like, you know, galvanizing as black people. Um, And it's also important that we understand these things within the sociopolitical context of this nation. So what I love about the social justice framework of the school. So it's not about um, like it can't just stop at diversity. It's not about just having people from diverse groups and having diverse perspectives. But we need to Mm -hmm. situate that within the context that that is not something that this nation has uh has encouraged or prioritized Mm -hmm. and we have to acknowledge the history that this kind of approach uh stands on right and be critical of that history that's the only way that's gonna really really move us forward so absolutely i'm excited that my niece is being you know educated in this new age school me too sis and you know pray for me because you know like i sometimes be falling back into the grandpa generation i'd be like what the fuck <laughs> but then well, i you know, also it's hard. we all have to we all i love I, the advancement as well no it, it keeps us all on our toes right because mm-hmm. we can't we have to be careful that comfort exactly that level of comfort is this is a place you know we're not being we're not uh that's how i explain it to the people that i work with like we're we're not growing or learning if we're not being challenged. Exactly. And so I am learning, even wrapping my own mind around being okay with being pushed. Yeah. Because there are yeah. there are ways in which my worldviews are challenged every day, and I have oh. to learn new language and be challenged and critiqued and and understand the areas of growth that I that I have in my own space. So I think it's important that you're doing that and modeling that for Noah and that she knows that it's okay, you know, that you're not going to get it right every time. You know, no. we're going to say some problematic things. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> and we're going to have know, to be I, corrected. <laughs> I do all kinds of things. I'm quick to sure. apologize to her real fast, but I, I am grateful. I'm really, really grateful she is she's going to be better than me. And that's that's what we're supposed to do when we have kids. They're supposed to be to better than it. us. We love to see it. All right. Um. So you're good. Noah's good. Everyone's we good. good. You're good. I'm good. How was your good? How was your week? Did we talk about your week? My week was, you know, we're working and we're we're fully back into the swing of Woo! of things, <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, shout out to everyone who actually had a real break, a real vacation. Yes. I aspire to be like you one day. Yeah. And I'm working on it. Hopefully yeah. soon in the next couple of weeks or so I can really get some time to uh just reset. Um I think I could really 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 use that. Um, deserve that um but you know we're back in the full swing of marathon meetings at work and my to-do list you see i i'm out here with like two notebooks i usually just have one notebook Y'all, now Kia i got has like a notebook two. in every corner of the house i, and I can love notebooks <laughs> you know sometimes i just have a thought i need to write it down i got notebooks see i got like post-its that's on my me computer with just. baskets i have All baskets things. everywhere <laughs> it's outrageous but yes, we're back in the swing. I yes. got lots to do trying to manage all of these things um, and keep some sense of sense of peace and rest in my life. But And boundary because oh, boundaries. 
Yeah. Yes. Let's. Uh, my doorbell is ringing, and we will move on to the trash. Okay. Let's move on to the trash. Real honest with you all, we're gonna keep the trash super brief this week because um, Kian nor I have had time to catch up with the social medias, um, and we don't know what's going on in the world. So I've only clueless. seen a couple of things, you know. So we'll just do our one two hot takes on it and uh, keep takes. keep on mosing. Plus everything else that I look up, I told Kia, I was like, all I see is COVID, COVID, COVID. White man accosts black people. White man calls white man nigger. You know, what? it's Tuesday. So, like, I, I, I'm i dead ass. Oh That's what it'd be like. So I'm like, all right, well, you know what? We're just going to do a couple of things. And one of them, first and foremost, is... So there is this reality show, uh, competition series, television show that is supposed to be coming up called the activist oh what a terrible idea listen to them honking for this bullshit i mean and (laughs) it's like the american idol of of activism of activism yeah awful um usher is set to co-host it oh i'm so disappointed usher um and it's supposed to so he's supposed to join priyanka chopra and julianne huff for the for the philanthropy what a focus series according to the root yes so i mean as my wonderful baby love Miriam hasna said there's already a competition show about (laughs) activism and it's called social media so (laughs) like i mean niggas don't like to hear it but um you know what i'm saying and that's not to negate niggas who are actually doing work but then there's a lot of you all out there who just be huffing and puffing and pretending to blow niggas houses down so (laughs) kia's face sorry but uh yeah i don't think we need this i think this is completely unnecessary and what the fuck what do you feel about it I just feel like the way that America commercializes everything. Yeah. Is exhausting. Cause I'm it's like cheesy. It's like the it's like mm-mm. we don't have the reality TV everything. No, we don't. We and really all don't. of the resources that are being invested in the production of this show could be invested in the actual issues. Yeah. It just yeah, feels like like an exercise in futility. And this is, you know, you know, when we talk about like cheap change, remember like the piece that I did for Essence, I would talk about, you know, there's a difference in you know, the, the 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 time, the context, everything that's happening right now, what's trendy, what's popping, sort of forces people to feel like, you know, because race relations and inequality and injustice is the wave right now. People want to... The wave. Ride it. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? They're trying to the find wave. ways to ride the wave. When, when uh, you know, so, so they're looking for ways to kind of fat, throw money at, at stuff. And just, build you know, upon the momentum of the conversation. And it's just like, 
I don't sure, know. throw your white guilt dollars at stuff. I'm not mad at that. Throw it at stuff, but throw it at stuff that matters. Don't create like bullshit fluff bullshit. And it's so and hasty and it's so it's not thoughtful. It's not right. attached to anything meaningful or significant. And I just I feel like it's an insult to the people who are on the ground and actually doing and been doing this, and been doing this grassroots work. Yeah, it's cheesy. It's, it's annoying. It's, it's corny. It's, and it's annoying. It's annoying. It's corny. I'm annoyed it's... by how much attention this absurd show has even gotten. Um, it's just I'm a distraction. It it's just... a distraction from everything that we should be talking about. As everything it. is. As everything is a distraction. That's what the whole trash is all about. <laughs> Speaking Mm-mm. of more distractions. So... Uh, I neither one of us watched the VMAs, looked at footage from the VMAs, saw posts from the VMAs. I what, wasn't even only, like I hadn't even seen the tweets. Like I wasn't even in the Twitter streets at the no, time, and no. I usually, you know, can be found sort of. I, I've had we we've both had a lot going on, so, so much. But what I did see in my intentional looking of trash was mm-hmm. there was a performance. Um, with Tiana Taylor and Normani, um, mm. the girl who continues to pop up, and yet I am still trying to figure out who she is, where she came uh, from. <laughs> my grandma told me that she did. My grandma told me that she was on a season of Dancing with the Stars. Okay, now that is something that they would know because my mother will also call me and say, I need you to call this number and vote for. <laughs> and I'm like, Ma, I'm not doing that. I got stuff to do right now. <laughs> I'm not voting for this person. No. And I'll be telling her all the time, about? I feel like I should at least watch the dance to know if I want to vote in this person's favor. I also tell them, like, you know, you please understand, mother, that your votes do not matter they don't matter these people are gonna pick who they want to pick this is a production this shit is set they know what is what okay and so it don't matter my don't matter if we call this number and press this shit and if we call it from 25 different phones it don't matter and she just tells me that i'm pessimistic and nasty but anyway So Normani mm. apparently had a performance on the VMAs and Tiana Taylor was a, a guest um, in the very last portion of it in which what I saw was her strapped to this, I guess, was that a cross? It was some kind of, it, I guess she was supposed to, it was a crucifix-esque um, cause her hands were strapped to the shit, the Velcro or whatever. And then, Normani, but it was like on a uh it was like on a ladder situation and Normani climbed up the little ladder situation and then it was a you know sexually promiscuous uh, oh. dance or whatever. You know what I'm saying? In which it simulated a hump and a bump and a grinding. Oh. Um and then she flipped backwards and it was Cirque du Soleil. So, you know, niggas was like uh, they was like, if you had a problem with Lil Nas X, you need to have a problem with this. Fair. And I fully agree. Yes, absolutely. I think it's a fair point. Absolutely. If y'all were out here hooping and hollering about I mean, Lil Nas X, 
and what he was doing and how he continues to mind his business and upset you niggas, then you better have a problem with this. But see, the problem, the reason why you all don't have a problem with this is because you all, if a, it, it, women have been fetishized all over pornographic sites for for men's pleasure and mm. so forth and so on. And so y'all want to have a problem with the shit that you don't want to see, but you don't have a problem with the shit that you do want to see. Look and that is, hippo, that is hypocritical. Cal. The and standards so, are doubling. <laughs> let me tell you something. The standards are doubling. <laughs> okay. And I'm not talking Doubles about Germany. <laughs> with extra tamarind sauce. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I agree. Please. I agree. If you had a problem with Lil Nas X, you better have a motherfucking problem with this. Or what you could do is sit back and mind your business because listen let me tell you ain't ain't nothing wrong Mm. with that Mm. ain't nobody ever missed heaven minding their business no you'll make it in no No. you'll make it into heaven minding your business nobody never missed heaven minding their business right you know but the bootsy coalition (laughs) It, it just the bootsy brigade just always feels like they have to you know, spew their nasty ass opinions all over the place um, that are based in nothing. So that was just that. Um, I, again, I don't care about the performance, nor did I care about Lil Nas X's. I want these young people to do whatever it is that makes them happy. Chloe Bailey had a performance. She had her first solo joint that came out. And she was giving very, like, Beyonce vibes. Mm -hmm. I saw that when I was, you know, looking for the shit. Um, And it was, it was, it was like, okay, yes, bust it out. Show that you are a grown woman. You can do whatever you want. That's it. And... I I love to see it. And what I've just realized is like, none of this shit is for me. And so. (laughs) And you know, that's really the bottom line. And if, I mean, people ask, you know, I mean, if anyone, you know, at the end of the day, I still got to work. I go to work tomorrow and I still like nothing about this will change. Mm -hmm. Nothing about my life will change regardless of who is humping who on what stage Absolutely. Okay, I don't. It's not my business. It's not of any any interest to me. Not a single thing. And I wish everybody um, the best. I love watching these young people do their things, and I continue to support it. Um, but it is just not for me to consume because it's not my business. simply because I just don't care. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and I mean that with all the love. <laughs> you know, there's some stuff so that's cute. My heart. I just don't. Tiana Taylor and Doja Cat had a dance off. That was cute, you know, because you don't see niggas dancing at parties anymore. I so still that was... have to literally, I mean, every now and then I have to say, well, I mean, who is Doja Cat? I still I'm... have to ask that question all the time. Who? I know who Doja Cat is now because she be on she because she's on racist chat showing feet. That's what uh, uh that's what um no no let me stop because let me I'm I'm perpetuating rumors that are not not really <laughs> that's strictly from Nori Nori's tweet. I heard she was showing feet in racist chats, which is still one of the funniest things to ever exist on the internet. <laughs> But Doja Cat actually is quite entertaining and 
she uh she's just unique and um you know people tried to say she was trying to be Nicki Minaj I don't agree with that you know every once in a while she makes a little bop where I'm like oh I've heard that song yes and you know Noah loves it um and you know I think she's funny I've seen a couple of like little videos from her and I'm like yo she's a fucking nut and I love me I love me a fool I love a fool you know and I don't think she was showing feet in racist chats so um, I do know who who Doja Cat is, but Normani is still out on the table. <laughs> well, somebody let us know. They'll or let don't. us know because she had like, the greatest video or of don't. all time, apparently, or something. Okay. Anyway, um, there's also this thing apparently going around on the internet in which everybody is saying uh, what they would ask Jay-Z for at dinner. Um, I don't know why. But something about a $500,000 conversation. So I just wanted to ask you, uh, I asked XD, what, what, <laughs> if you could ask Jay-Z one question at dinner, if you were invited to, oh no, let me see. Yeah. Wait, is that how it goes? Whatever. If you what could ask XD Jay-Z say? what, <laughs> um, his question would be, first he would ask for $500,000. And then I was like, well, let's just say like money is already on the table here. That's why y'all even at dinner. So I could ask ask him him? like he would be like funding something for me. Yeah, already. That's already on the table because that's boring. Everybody would ask Jay-Z for money. What would you ask him? You already know what XD asked. I'm going to tell you after. Do I already know what XD said? Yeah, I think so, but I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you answer first. Okay, okay. So this, just because this is at the front of my mind, I mean, I would love. But since we're talking money, that kind of changed the game because you know I was getting ready to ask something ignorant. But <laughs> um, no, you. Let's just say about, he's already giving you money. That's why you all are sitting at dinner. Okay. What personal thing would you ask Sean Corey? What personal Carter? thing would I ask him? What personal thing? It, it could be anything. <laughs> I feel unprepared. What would I ask him? I would. So pers- I, I have a professional pitch that I would ask him, but I think personally, I would really ask him. Silly. People don't avoid read. this. They don't. don't they read. don't. And it infuriates me. Okay. You would ask him. Go. Um, the first thing that comes to mind was like, like a Kanye question. Mm. Mm. I would want to know, you know, like, you know, I know that they're back. Are they really back? Are they, are they really like cool again? Did they, did they reconcile for professional purposes? Hmm. Um, and you know, based upon his response to that, I would ask him like, you know, had they had any commas, you know, because they clearly have different views politically and ideologically about the state of the world and, and all of that right now. So how do, yes. how do they negotiate those differences? And like, you know, there is a nature of their relationship such that he could hold him accountable. <laughs> like, hmm. you know, it would, it would be, it would Thoughtful. be around, around that. Like That's professionally though, silly. Professionally, though, I know that um, the Carters with the with the uh, and and Tiffany Tiffany and Co. They mm-hmm. recently just made yes. a very large uh, donation to scholarship funds for five HBCUs. Mm-hmm. 
And so while I feel like, and I talked about this on Twitter, I think that I'll, I'll never be the person that says that we shouldn't invest in HBCU students. But I, I, I definitely feel like if we're really going to get to, um, you know, real equity and real parity yeah. between HBCUs and, you know, other institutions in the higher education landscape, we also have to invest in institutions themselves, right? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people have, it seems like, and I don't want to, you know, presume I don't know mm -hmm. what the Carter's inspiration or motivation behind this was. And I do feel like there, this money will be, you know, money well spent if it supports black people who are being educated at these fine institutions. Um, but if, it seems like in the, in black communities or even outside in the world, generally people think that the only way to help black people in black communities is, is to invest in students and yes. we need to also invest in infrastructure. So yeah. I would, I would love to be a part of some sort of advisory council or a task force that could help them think about how they want to. Um, Cause I think that there are ways that they could, you know, be more intentionally strategic about the ways that they invest in higher education um, that wow. will have a more long-term <laughs> impact on black people and black communities. That would be my pitch. The Carters need to hire me to put together an advisory council. We need to be out here thinking more strategically about how we use this money. Do you see why we need the kids in this world? Do you all see why we need kids in this world? I'm saying that I'm not saying that investing in students is bad. I want I don't want y'all to hear me and feel like I'm hating or being ungrateful. I just feel like we have to be strategic. The work can't stop there because of some of the other institutional um, issues fundamentally infrastructure like the political landscape what it means for these public HBCUs what it means for them to get these kinds of private investments and for them to be earmarked for students alone sort of changes things politically for these institutions and if we really want to set the stage in a way that we are addressing the, some of the systemic issues that are the reason um, for the gaps in performance between HBCUs mm -hmm. and other, other institutions we have mm -hmm. to also invest in the organizations themselves and you know this is the kind of this is the kind of stuff that that um we don't talk about enough mm. and i wish that wealthy people who want to invest in education for black people would ask people who study education mm. how best to invest their monies before they start writing checks and that goes for jeff bezos wife and everybody else and I'm not yeah. saying, I just feel like we have to really be thoughtful about how we invest and, and use these investments and what kind of returns we can expect from them. Um, but yeah, that would be my pitch for, for Sean Corey Carter. That's why we need kids in this world. That's why we need kids. Cause XD's ass got up there and said, so Solange really beat your ass, huh? Uh <laughs> I'm just a nerd over here being extra deep. Please, no, what do you mean? Like, that's the shit that we need in this world. Not our foolishness. Uh, I mean, this is, I'm talking about how we can really secure the bag for generations. That's how it should be. <laughs> but XD's question is valid and very also, important. We also need We that. need to know. Release the audio. Release so. it. <laughs> <laughs> Are 
But no, seriously speaking, I mean, that's what I would ask, man. I love And I that. just would love that if they would just let me do that. Let me do that for you. Yeah, no, I, I, I second that. Um, and I, because I don't have a question, not after what Kia said, absolutely not. I do not. <laughs> so I just I'm make like, everything so deep. I'm sorry, but we I'm have like, to really talk about these things. No, though. these are things that we need. This is what getting grown is all about. This is what it's about. I'm going to come through and be like, did y'all eat? Like, <laughs> you know, did, what can does, I make something to eat? So who does, does Beyonce really cook dinner? She be in the house making like, does she really cook? I just feel like Beyonce really can't cook though because you grew up in Houston. I feel like she has got to be making red beans she and has rice to. somewhere. She's got she's got to be making something. Something. Maybe a etouffee or like. Or a, I just feel like she can fry the hell out of some chicken or something. Maybe you know, throw a quick catfish and spaghetti. You know, on. you know, Blue does like to eat spaghetti, <sighs> but something tells me Beyonce does not cook. I mean. <laughs> I mean, she don't have to. No, she doesn't. I just wonder if she might enjoy, you know? Jade went through that, so hopefully Beyonce don't have to go through that. Like, Beyonce Period. doesn't have to. She, she doesn't have to cook. She can hire me. She can. I'm, and she can hire me as well. That's what I'm saying. I'm willing to work for the Carters. Period. This is what I'm saying. And together, Blue and Noah could change I mean, magic. the world. Period. Can you imagine if they ran for political office? <laughs> That's a Please. ticket I could get behind, baby. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We've never had more uh, 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 politicians who just were more qualified for the position. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can get into some politics now. But do you do if you get into it and you can change this world? But that's it for the trash. We're gonna leave it right there, and we're gonna move on to some shout outs. My sister's popping right now, like. Oh, it's time for some shout outs, and we have two of them actually this week um because we can it's our business and we can do and we can we if we want to because that's our business and so the very first one you all know friend to the show sister to the show one of our very favorites ever nikki of zen in a jar Oh, by what the up, way, Nikki? shameless plug, you all can get the, the remainders of the Summer Jade uh, of all Jason <laughs> Zen in a Jar collaboration soap on the Zen in a Jar website listed in the description box. Go ahead. But, sorry, shameless plug. You know I don't do it often. But Nikki writes in because she wanted, she gave us a very dope shout out that we are very excited to read. Very excited. And I'm just cleaning my glasses, which is why I've been wasting time, (laughs) killing time here so I could read this clearly. She says, I want to submit a shout out to my sis for Rabia Kamara of Ruby Scoops Ice Cream and Treats in Richmond, Virginia. She's a dear friend and entrepreneur. She has the black woman owned ice cream shop. In Richmond, I am super proud of her. This past Monday, she won the Clash of the Cones on Food Network. This reality competition wars from Ben and Jerry's, and she won the whole goddamn thing. Her winning flavor was Bia's Black Joy, an ode to Maryland, and the many complexions of black people, and some other super deep shit. (laughs) 
How amazing it th- is it that a black woman entered that space and kicked ass? I had to submit this and celebrate her. So Nikki sends a couple of different links. We have a Food Network link um, for Clash of the Cones, um, and then her where she won on the Food Network, and then also an article. So we're going to post all of that in the description box, as well as her direct link to Ruby Scoops, Damn. located in Richmond, Virginia. If you are anywhere near the Richmond, oh Virginia area, if you're doing a, a drive through, if you're doing a road trip, if you live near there, if you feel like getting out for a day and doing a mini road trip, go support Ruby Scoops in v- Richmond, Virginia. I know the next time we go down to the D.C. area, we're going to go an extra couple of hours out of our way to make sure yeah. that we support so we'll have all that that information in the description box. I thought that was just very dope. Thank you, Nikki, so Robbie. much. Congratulations, Rabia. I love it. And so all of that, make sure you all look out for I actually want some ice cream right now just because of that. And also make sure you always check out Zen in a Jar. I mean, we have to. Nikki wrote in. For sure. Um, the second shout out, I just, I saw this email come in. And it warmed my heart, especially, you know, what with some heavy things going on right now. And I thought this would warm Kia's heart, too. So this is from Deborah McRae. And she writes, hey, ladies, peace and blessings. I am a proud 61-year young child of this world. Since I've been listening to the podcast, I've told my daughters to listen, the valuable lessons that I wish I had, but to enlighten me on how best to communicate with them, my daughters, a huge thanks and appreciation for... um, uh, an appreciation mom. I love the self-care part of the show too. Peace and blessings, my loves. And so I just thought Thank the you, fact Ms. that Debra. we, Miss Deborah, we got a 61 year young listener in the building. And I just wanted to shout out Miss Deborah. I thought that was really beautiful. And I love yes, that we're able to, you know, I love that we can relate as black women from many generations. Um, you know, and Kia and I have had some other conversations that we've not put on the show about personal life, just about, you know, and dealing with grandparents and differences of generations and thinking and so forth and so on. And so it's really beautiful to hear uh, our community expand in that way. I just thought that was really dope. So I just want to shout out Miss. I love it. Thank you, Miss Deborah, for listening. And shout out to Miss Deborah's daughters. OK, shout out to you, daughters. If they tuned in, they might have been like, Ma, I don't want to listen to that. I don't do not women. Cause my mother might come and give me a podcast and I'd be like, girl, I'm not listening to that. I'm not listening to nothing that you like. You crazy. But if Miss Deborah's daughters tune in, shout out to you all. Shout out to you anyway. Let's get into our kitchen table talk. Ole do it. HBCUs are more. More than a band, more than a football team, more than Greek life, more than education. Historically, black colleges and universities are a place to become. A legacy with a heritage of more than 180 years of producing some of the nation's top scholars, politicians, athletes, entertainers, and individuals. Xfinity understands and celebrates all of this with the collection of TV shows, movies, documentaries, and music that capture the black college experience. Just say HBCU into your Xfinity voice remote. Learn about the sacrifices students made during the civil rights movement. Be inspired by biographies on educators who went above and beyond. Kick back to the sounds of the band or the sounds of the yard with an HBCU playlist. 
Best of all, it's all included with your Xfinity service. From the yard to the end zone, the classroom to the frat house, Xfinity has the HBCU experience covered. Xfinity is the ultimate in black storytelling. Restrictions apply, not available in all areas, requires Xfinity TV and on-demand. Separate charges apply to on-demand and certain streaming services. Pineapple Street Studios' acclaimed series, Back Issue, is back with season two, and you're not going to want to miss a single episode. Hosted by Tracy Clayton, who you know as the host of Another Round and Strong Black Lead, and by Pineapple Street Studios' senior producer, Josh Gwynn, each episode revisits unforgettable moments in pop culture that we all think we remember. Together, Josh and Tracy unravel what these moments can teach us and how they stood the test of time, or not. Join in as Josh and Tracy battle over whose hometown invented the high five, reflect on the legacy of the one and only Whitney Houston, reminisce about the internet we first fell in love with, and share some behind-the-scenes stories from the music videos that you loved. Pop culture is political, but it's also fun. Remember? Fun? Back Issue is available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You can also follow them on Instagram at Back Issue Podcast. All right. So it is time for us to gather around the kitchen table. Today we're going to celebrate um, the people in our lives who have made a significant contribution to who we are. Yes. This week on September 15th, it is National Thank You Day. And that day is set aside on the calendar to encourage people to thank uh, the other people in their lives. Um, it says uh, here that the day is set aside to thank um, the people who you're connected to. Um, I love that. How have, pe- how have uh, these people impacted your life? A time to sit and just sort of appreciate um, your tribe, the people who invest in you, support you, contribute to who you are, your well-being mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So I thought that that would make for a good conversation and just some good reflection for us to just stop really quickly and think about who it is that we are connected to and why we're grateful for how they contribute <laughs> to our day-to-day lives. So I'll, I'll kick it to you first. Is who comes to mind? Who would you like to acknowledge and thank first and foremost? Oh, several people have come to mind. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and be a little cliche. Absolutely. And I, my partner, my husband, my spouse. Of course, of course. Tristan, my course. nigga, Tristan. He. Um, That's not cliche. He, you know, he really does. He inspires me with his hard work and, you know, how he really really has um grown himself over time how he's really just like elevated himself and that's not you know not in stocks and bonds and shit like this llc's and shit like that but just in uh you know uh priorities and showing that his family is a priority to him um I think that is is it's just really dope because that's a choice and that's a choice for all of us, mothers and fathers. You may say it's not, but it is. (laughs) It's a choice. And so I I am grateful for a partner who who chooses every day the same way that I choose every day. Um, I'm really, really grateful for that. Um, He's the first person who comes to mind. I have a couple others, but I'll kick it back to you. 
Who comes to mind for you? Um, I guess the first uh, people that come mm-hmm. to mind are my are my grandparents. Um, mm-hmm. I think my mom kind of goes without saying, um, but specifically my grandparents um, because they are responsible for sort of setting the tone uh, within my family unit and yeah. setting the standard for how we love each other. Um, and I think, you know, everything sort of goes back to to them um, and who they are. Their relationship with God has sort of, sort of shaped our experience um, as a family. And so mm-hmm. I, I am absolutely grateful. And I see the way that their example has shaped my life um, and who I am and how mm-hmm. I show up in the world. Um, mm-hmm. So I absolutely um, am grateful for them and fully acknowledge them. And, and I say that um, because I feel like, you know, we grow up with it and we sort of take for granted, take those things for granted, right? You just like, you know, they've always been there. This is who they are. And for a long time, it wasn't until I got to college that I really appreciated um, and understood um, that everyone didn't grow up in the situation that I grew up in, didn't have access to the kind of structure and love and and support um, that I was afforded. And now that I am older, and recognize it and really see the value that it has uh, had in my life. I just really, and I thank them all the time for the standard that they set for me. Um, So yeah, they're the first people that comes to mind and and my mom and and even my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I do feel like perspective has taught me that even in his absence, he fathered me in the best way that he knew how. Yeah. Um, and that's big. You know, that's big. That's 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 a breakthrough. That's big to be so, able to, to look at it from that perspective. That's you know, beautiful. it wasn't without flaw. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. without challenge. Mm-hmm. And I and and I mean, do I wish that things could have been different? Uh, absolutely, but I recognize that, um, you know, people do the best they can with what they have. And I think if he had better circumstances, better tools, better support, mm-hmm. better experiences, he would have handle things differently, but given the circumstances, he did what he knew to do at the time. Um, And so um, I recognize that even in his absence, me and Brian didn't want for, we we had what we needed. Mm -hmm. I'll say it like that. Um, And so I I do thank my parents, my mother, for the ways that she showed up and and held held us down 
mm-hmm. and shaped and informed our lives. And my dad for the role that he played also mm-hmm. in, in shaping mm-hmm. who I grew into be. Be. Mm-hmm. Be. So yeah, I'll I'll stop there and give it back to you for who else you would you wish to say thank you to. My grandma. Mm-hmm. I definitely my grandma. Um she is just one of the most uh pleasant beautiful beautifully so people I've ever met in my life and not just because she's my grandma and knowing her background and her history and what she comes from and the kind of person she could have been despite her circumstances she chose to be such a light in this world and continues to be a light in this world and continues to provide such a beautiful positive perspective and not a fluff not a fluffy perspective but a beautiful positive perspective um when I have conversations with her that just they just really um they feel me like I'm I I they feel me like I I walk away from my conversations with my grandma emotional and uh happy and laughing and you know full of memory and so but that's it. My grandma's been, she's just been a light. Like she's been a grandma and she's been, she's just, she just continues to be so. And I'm just so, I'm so grateful for these memories with her for this time, just for my conversations with her, for the op- openness that she has and just like the giant heart that she has despite anything else that she's ever dealt with. I just think it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And um, so, yeah, my grandma. I love that. Thank you. It's also, so saying thank you is also about thinking about ways, you know, gratitude is an awesome mood adjuster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it can also sort of shift and set your perspective when you're dealing with challenge and difficulty. And it can not only help your mood and improve your mood, but a thoughtful thank you can help to improve someone else's disposition, their mood, um, the things that they are dealing just an acknowledgement of their effort and their present presence and their contribution. Um, you know, is a good way to just sort of maintain the health of your relationships. Mm-hmm. And in that vein, I wish to, and I, I'm, you know, I am, I don't want to get caught up in like naming names because what I'm going to say is I'm grateful for, um, the specific set of friendships that I have been blessed to cultivate in my adulthood and my, and you know, and and not saying that I've made all of these friends in my adulthood, but I just feel like, you know, being an adult has shaped my friendships um, in ways that have shaped my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm blessed and fortunate to have a range of friendships and relationships that have, all have made different contributions yes. to me as a person. So when I say that, I say that Jade has um, been a support to me um, in ways that, you know, only Jade has. And Toya has been a support to me and, and only Toya has. Mm-hmm. And I say that because, you know, the, the relationship and connection that I have with Crystal is different than the one that I have with Fury 
or with Asante or with Fran or Dustin. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for, um, you know, a group of friends who see me um, and who always welcome and encourage me to be my full self. I grew up thinking for a long time that in order for me to be liked, I had to change aspects of who I was. And spending all that time in my young, in my youth, shrinking um, or diminishing parts of myself in order to fit other people's expectations was an exhausting exercise mm -hmm. that um, didn't really leave me feeling joyful, um, didn't give me joy at all. And so to be able to say in my adult life that I have a host of friends, mm -hmm. some that I've named and some that I haven't named, mm -hmm. um, who have always opened themselves up to me and been their full selves with me and have encouraged me to be every aspect of my nerdy, churchy, hood rat self. Um, yeah, all, all of those things, yes. All of those things <laughs> existing at one time. Um, and it being and being affirmed and encouraged to be all of those things mm -hmm. at one time, never feeling like I couldn't say what I wanted or didn't want it or what I believed. Um, and really feeling like people love all of me, not mm -hmm. just the parts that align with who they are or what they think. Or what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, so Again, this was not a list. I know I named names, but that list, what the names that I named is not limited to that list because I love and connect with a whole lot of people. Absolutely. Thankfully, there's a group of friends that I have, um, thankfully, all over the country mm -hmm. who, who love me and show up for me in ways... Um, Yesterday, no, this this weekend was the five-year anniversary of my dissertation defense. Yes, it was. I saw your stories. And um, just like reflecting on that day and that time, y'all know that I was supposed to defend in June, but my brother passed and, you know, we had to deal with that. So when we were yeah. able to reschedule it, there were... So many people who showed up for me um, to see me through that particular, you know, to kind of close that chapter mm -hmm. um, and just sort of reflecting on that day and during such a time of loss, having people to sort of rally around me and show up for me was something that I I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to really hold on to. It reminds me um, some of my hardest days that I'm not alone. No, no. Let me tell you something. We sat in the back of that classroom <laughs> not knowing what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> so proud and so excited. And when they yelled, or excuse me, they don't yell. 
but they said <laughs> and announced her as Dr. Takia Robinson the third. It was it was a beautiful time and, and and I love that we were able to have those memories as family. I love watching you get hooded. That's what mm-hmm. I said that right, right? Yes, you did. Watching you get hooded. Like <laughs> and you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not you're never gonna go through these moments alone. Not the big ones or the small ones. I'm grateful for my village. I I really this birthday weekend I was telling you earlier was a huge reflection of that. Um, it didn't need to be a big hoorah or Anything like that. We're not even living in, in, in times where that can happen like that. Or I ain't anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was just really, it was just really a time where I was v- reflecting on how grateful I am for the village of people around me. Um, those who are present uh, physically and those who are not. Um, you know, friends near and far from Kia to Fran to my friend Yolanda to Love, mm-hmm. a.k.a. also Dr. Snyder. Um, just my whole, I just, I have a whole village of people that I'm really, really grateful for, uh, whether we get to see each other all the time or not. Um, I told you all, I lost a really dear friend last week. Uh, so it's been a lot of that since then, just because I had to step back and be really grateful for the intention that he put into all of his relationships, um, and making sure that he kept in contact with everybody that he loved, self-included, from the big things to the small things. So I'm proud of you down to the new Cocaine Cowboys documentary is out. <laughs> it's a six-part series, nigga. So, you know, it's, you know, it's been a lot of reflecting on being grateful of the people that I have around me who really build me up and want to see me win sin- sincerely um, and do everything to, to add to that, whether it be s- small or, or great sending a message, an encouraging message, or even I'm, I'm checking in on you, I mm-hmm. miss you, you know, this is what's going on with me. You thought about me to even tell me what's going on in your life, and I think that's a beautiful thing. So I'm really, really grateful, and I echo your sentiments and um, that gratitude for my village and for my community because that's exactly what it is. It's a village, mm-hmm. um, and I want to cultivate that as much as I felt I feel fed. So... That's that. For sure. Um, I also want to thank, I would say thank you to um, Possibility Models. I think I'm grateful to have a a list of people, some who I know personally and some Mm -hmm. who I just follow and admire Mm -hmm. from afar. Um, People who inspire me and push me to continue to keep working and aspiring to greatness and and being who I'm created to be um I'm grateful and I've been intentional about curating um that on my timeline Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. on social media and even just generally in my life I'm ingesting content uh, whether it be podcasts or blogs or books mm-hmm. or television documentaries, um, other any kind of programming, really art exhibits, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just feel like I've been intentional about curating and, and surrounding myself with curating spaces and surrounding myself 
with things that push me forward. Cause yes. like we talked about earlier, you know, the news and just kind of like what is like the common chatter out there in the world. If you're not careful, it will consume you and shape mm -hmm. your views and your attitudes and how you think about yourself and your situation. And yes. so I'm grateful for my little set of possibility models, people who I, who I aspire to not be, but mm -hmm. um, inspired to embody their drive or mm -hmm. have the kind of impact or, or influence other people or impact other people the way that they influence me. Um, so those, that my little motivator, like, you know, I have a series of motivators and that includes people like um, Oprah and Michelle Obama. It also includes folks like Rabia <laughs> uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, Nikki from, from Ruby Scoops. Yes. And Nikki from Zen in a Jar, folks like Gia Peppers from yep. Essence and uh, folks like Brittany Cooper, uh, mm -hmm. like Lori Patton Davis, uh, you know. Shout out to y'all. Yeah. Joy Gaston Gale, Sharon Freeze, Britt, Bridget Turner yes. Kelly, all of these awesome thinkers and contributors, Kimberly Griffin, Haynes. Mm -hmm. All of these mm -hmm. Leslie Gonzalez people who whose work that I read and cite, um, yep. people who uh, you know empower me and encourage me, and you know peers, colleagues, friends, Leonard Taylor, Dr. Taylor, Felicia mm -hmm. Commodore, Steve mm -hmm. Mobley, Felicia. you know all of my all of Jennifer Johnson, all of my you know my my work my work family, the people who mm -hmm. we train, Charles H.F. Davis, the people mm -hmm. we train I love uh, and his <laughs> beautiful baby. Oh, my God. What a beautiful joy. family in general. I mean, a joy. That baby I is mean, such a joy. And <laughs> a cinematographer, if I've ever seen Listen, one. But I mean, I'm all like, of come these. through. You know, I mean, folks who are just like awesome content creators. Yeah. People who are on the pulse of what's happening now and, and, um, you know, being, being themselves, Sarah Jakes Roberts, you know, folks who we shared with, with our audience, you know, yeah. um, Issa, you know, all these people Always. who inspire queen inspire of moving me. like the G and lasagna. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, the, yeah. and, and the ground, and, and you know what our, our ground workers, like I want to thank Ty mm -hmm. who sits up here for the past almost five years. We're going to hit five years in March. Y'all that's yes. crazy. Dumb. And Ty has been sitting up here. Ain't that dumb? Been sitting up here every night with us, editing, editing this show you, and Ty. making sure it gets out and sending us our ads and and so forth and so on. Just like shout out to Ty, Chris Rogers, mm -hmm. uh, you know those who really just contribute on a on a week to week basis for what we're doing um, and making sure that these machines are running. I really I'm grateful for that and I'm grateful for them as well grateful for everybody the movers and the shakers in all areas um because you can't do nothing without the movers and the shakers who are inspiring you and the movers and the shakers who are literally grinding behind you to make sure that you are good so um so yeah i'm i'm grateful i'm in a i'm in a in a space in a spirit of gratitude and i'm appreciative of uses 
you know, for sitting up here with me week after week recording this show. And I know we be getting mushy and y'all be like, Mm -hmm. y'all just be doing this shit. No, like we we be doing this shit. Yeah. And, you know, I love my sister. I'm having, you know, I enjoy doing this with you. And, you know, through everything, it's a a blessing to be on this journey. Um, So I'm very grateful for that. And we're grateful for you all, for all... Yeah. Every listener from 17 years old to why are you listening to this to 61 <laughs> years old, years young, uh, you know, I'm, we're grateful for each and every one of you who supports this show because there would be no show. So we're grateful. The community that, that, you know, not the way that you support us and the way that you yeah. support each other is awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, I absolutely, you said it best this weekend, sis, when I reached out to you for your birthday, I believe that our coming together was not an accident no um and this work that we're doing is also i believe divinely ordained and ordered and and you're my partner in this work for a reason and so we learn from each other and we stretch each other and we're growing together and i'm grateful to share this platform and this space with you um and i'm i mean i just feel like even this kitchen table talk has sort of given me new perspective and lifted some of the heaviness that I have been operating under today. So I encourage y'all to thank somebody else. Yeah. Um, if you are, if you are feeling challenged or stressed, stretched in any way mm-hmm. or burdened or heavy for any reason, I challenge you to thank somebody else. Um, for anybody and, and anybody for the sm- it, like like to really Antonio. thank somebody really mean it like, like yeah. you know even if it's somebody held the door for you some, somebody that. you know like uh, but uh, but also like someone who's done something you know that that we would take for granted uh, but it thank may be you a friend someone. who sits up on facetime with you yeah and you don't realize how much of their time you actually consume thank them and mm-hmm. and and really think about what that friendship means to you and why you consume so much of this person's time and they you know they consume so much of yours think about that think like think about the people in your life and just how grateful you are to have them you will it's just it's just a beautiful feeling <laughs> it is. it's a beautiful feeling i love gratitude i really do and we have had discussions about gratitude before, but felt like, especially given the reminder that this week uh, is National Thank You Day, we thought it would be cool to sort of, again, sort of just spend some time thinking about who we are grateful for yes. in our lives. So I encourage you to take a little time in your reflection to think about that and I think that this right here is my black woman self care for the week as well. I'm not mad at that. You know what? I will. <laughs> my black woman self care was that little adult lunchable that I had yes. on that slight break that we had. So we'll that will be that. <laughs> all right, let's but we move do into have an honesty box. Yeah, let's get it. We're all looking for the same things in life, beloveds, honey. History books that actually report the truth. A new Rihanna album because she's playing in our faces as much as we love her. And skincare products that offer clinically proven hydration and leave your skin with a healthy, non-greasy, youthful glowing finish. I certainly can't help you with the first two. But Neutrogena, a dermatologist recommended brand, has the skincare goals covered 
with their Hydro Boost Facial Care line. Honey, the line's Hydro Boost Gel Cream and the Night Press Serum are both clinically proven to strengthen the skin's moisture barrier and lock in hydration for 48 hours. You'll get intense hydration thanks to both products' hyaluronic acid, which has an ability to bind to water and literally hold it within the skin surface. Neutrogena's Hydro Boost Gel Cream, baby, is gel and a cream in one, is made with glycerin that penetrates the skin nine surface layers deep for longer lasting hydration. And Neutrogena's Night Press Serum will revitalize your skin overnight, letting you wake up to skin that's three times more hydrated. Made with purified hyaluronic acid and supercharged antioxidants, it's a pillow-proof formula that won't ruin your good sheets and blanket honey because it melts into your skin instantly. Both the gel cream and the night press serum are oil-free, dye-free, and non-commodogenic. So you know around here on Getting Grown, we don't play with ash, honey. We keep ourselves moisturized on the inside and the outside because our blacks will absolutely crack if it's dry. What I love about the Neutrogena gel cream and the Night Press Serum is that both of them leave my skin so juicy and plump and moist, honey. I'm telling you, I put it on at night, wake up in the morning as, as if I just put it on. And and I mean, my skin is so good. Like I can literally walk out the door, but I mean, you got to wash your face to get in the morning. But listen, you know what I'm saying? It's good stuff. You won't be sorry. The Neutrogena Hydro Boost line, it can be purchased at every major retailer. And you can start your hydration journey today at Neutrogena.com slash Hydro Boost. That's N-E-U-T-R-O-G-E-N-A.com slash Hydro Boost. Y'all already know what time it is because you've been listening to this show. We've been on the air for four and a half years at this point. And I want to say we've had, I've been talking about this game for the past three and a half. If you've listened to the show for a minute, you know that we are obsessed with Best Fiends, especially myself. In my humble but very correct opinion, it is literally the best match three style game by far. And the rest are basically the same game with different color schemes. I mean, am I lying? Y'all know the games I'm talking about where you fit blocks into other blocks and make other blocks. But anyway, stop crushing the same old candy and try a puzzle game with something fresh to offer. And with Best Fiends, you play through an actual storyline complete with good guys, which are the fiends, and then not so good guys, which are the slugs. And on top of that, you still get the colors that you're missing from the other games because it's so fun to look at. Your fiends start out as like little wee baby versions of their little future selves. Very Benjamin Buttonish, and then the more you play, the more fiends join your team, and the more powerful that they become, helping you essentially solve increasingly challenging puzzles and defeat the slugs. It's an action-packed adventure and a brain-boosting puzzle game all rolled into one, and new content is added all the time. There's literally new levels added all the time. Best Fiends has thousands of levels with more added every single day. So every time you log on, you are not going to run out of anything. We've got listeners who write in and let us know that they are now all the way into Best Fiends. They can't get enough of it. You all know I'm all the way into Best Fiends. I can't get enough of it. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Honestly? Truly. All right, let's get into this honesty box. And she requests a pseudonym. She, her, sis. Um, all right. Let's call her uh, Hillary Banks. Hillary Banks. Mm-hmm. Trevor. 
She says, hey, cousins, first hey. and foremost, love the podcast and you ladies. Thank you for being so open with your lives and experiences. It's really helped in my own personal life. I'm writing to you because I need a second opinion. Okay. My friend and I have been friends since we were 18. We're both currently in our mid 30s. She's been one of my best friends ever since. I know everything about her, her family and vice versa. About 10 years ago, we stopped talking for a couple of years when I noticed our friendship was very one-sided. I was always the one calling her, texting her first, and reaching out first. One day, she hit me with a, let me call you back, and she just never did. I decided not to not reach out since I was always the one doing it first. And that's when we initially stopped talking for a couple of years until she had a death in the family, so I reached out with my condolences. We picked up where we left off, but I noticed the same old shit started happening again. We didn't talk unless I reached out first. I decided to just not call her, and we went two weeks without speaking. When she finally called, I told her how I felt and that I didn't appreciate her not taking interest in our friendship. Mm -hmm. She agreed that she was being a crappy friend and that even her mother had said that I always called her to see how she was, but that she didn't do the same. She promised she wouldn't let it happen again, so we squashed it. But guess what? I saw history repeating itself, so I stopped reaching out, and I haven't heard from her since. Last time I texted her was July 2020, and I literally have not heard from her since. Only once on my birthday, three months later in October, she pretended like nothing was wrong, and that pissed me off, so I ignored her. I understand people get busy, and when I say I know that this, know this girl, I know her. She was my best friend. She ain't that busy. <laughs> am I being petty or am I correct to feel hurt that she doesn't seem to care about our friendship? Some people think I should reach out to her, but I feel like I set my boundaries by letting her know how I felt and she continued the behavior. So why try again? Guess I'm just looking for someone to say it's okay to feel the way that I feel. Signed, Hillary Banks. So I'm a little torn, right? Oh. So I feel like... You know, it's okay for you to feel how you feel. I feel like you have articulated your needs. And I feel like you have kind of stated how her uh, behavior, specifically her lack of reaching out to you, her mm -hmm. lack of um, <clears throat> her lack of communication or initiating the communication between you all, you all how that bothers you. Um, and your desire for her to sort of check in on you, I think that that's all fair. You you express that, and she promised that she would do better and didn't do better. So I think you're well within right. your rights to be annoyed. Um, so if that's what you want to do, I think that's totally fine. The reason why I said I'm torn is because nothing's right I'm torn is it that the, the nature of your relationship is shifting from um, you know like there are there are seasons and there are times like there were times when Jade and I talked on the phone every day mm-hmm yeah and then there were times when we didn't mm-hmm I think it's I, 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 I guess my hesitance is around you I don't want to say assuming but like it, are, are you sure that the reason that she's not reaching out to you is because she doesn't care or because she is no longer interested in maintaining a friendship. Could it be that her life has changed or she's in a season where she's not communicative with any of her friends or she's just kind of focused on 
other things right now. Mm-hmm. I guess my hesitancy is around, and I've, I'm I'm guilty of this, right? Not internalizing somebody else's um, behavior or lack of behavior as, you know, this is how they feel about me or this is how they feel about our friendship. If you want to know, if, you know, you can express to her, like, when I don't hear from you, it makes me feel like you don't care about me anymore. Mm-hmm. That's that 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 I feel like is different from saying, you know, I want to hear from you more. And some people may or may not. I mean, people may or may not agree with me, but mm-hmm. I just know that as we grow in our adult lives, sometimes our relationships go through these ebbs and flows. Yeah. And I think if you are annoyed and hurt, you have every right to be. But I just mm-hmm. wouldn't assume that she knows that and is intentionally trying to hurt you. Um, and I have to be cautious against this myself and just remember that if I don't hear from Jade or if I don't hear from Keisha, or if I don't hear from this, it's not because they are consciously like, I'm not thinking about Kia, blah, 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 blah. It could just be that there are other things in their life that are going on right now that would preempt, preempt us from having the kind of consistency and communication that we once had. Mm-hmm. Um, people get sick people have kids people change jobs people could get depressed or just be going through different things and it manifests itself differently and I'm saying this as someone who's been guilty of sort of like you know dropping off um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. reaching out to folks when I'm dealing with things um, so I don't know if that was helpful but <laughs> that, that was just kind of like what what came to mind for me. Um, if you just want to cut her off, um, I think that's fair. Um, but if you do feel like there is space for another conversation, you know, I don't think there's any shame in that either. I think that's actually a really good perspective that you offered. Cause I wasn't even thinking about it that way. Um, but that could very well be what it is. But like Kia said, we're, you would ne- you're not going to know that unless you, say something um now i'm not sure if you have oh you said you have she said she, said she they did fell out. yeah she, she fell said out they fell out and she talked about it and then the girl came back and apologized right but the behavior continued to remain the same so you have stated how you felt and her right. and her behavior has not changed that's another thing too a lot of times people will show you who they are as a person um, if once upon a time you all were super close and now you're not, shifts happen, changes happen within relationships. Um, maybe it's not a change that you necessarily want, but I, I'm going to tell you, just like I tell Noah, don't go running behind nobody who ain't running behind you. <laughs> you know, I'm like, listen, if so-and-so doesn't want to do this at school and they don't want to play with you, then don't go. Okay, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> If don't go running behind them because they they they're off living their lives. So at a certain point in time, you got to go off and live your life as well. Um, and that doesn't mean that you easily dispose of relationships because, like Kia said in her perspective, which is absolutely right. You, I am so sick of this That's nigga okay. in this Honda Fit All right. with this lawnmower engine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like Kia said, people also do get busy. 
we all do as adults you really figure that out like we fall into the flow of our lives and sometimes you look up and it's been six months since you talked to somebody that you were super close with and then you all have a conversation and it's like things have never never left off right you know so you have those but if you're feeling something else in your spirit if you're feeling like she's not putting forth effort in the friendship if she's giving you dry energy if you are the only one who's making an effort then it might be time for you to allow that shift to just fully happen and and start focusing on a village and a community of people who invest just as much as in in you as you do into them mm-hmm. you want to have people around you who make just as many deposits into your life as they make withdrawals and vice versa. And that's not to say that um, it's transactional in a way where it's like, well, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm keeping a list of everything you're doing, but it's, are they filling you as much as they're making you feel empty? Are they, are you, are they filling you as much as you feel like you're filling them? You see what I'm saying? If you have a friend who calls you, hey, I need such and such, but they also call you other times to be like, how you doing? I was thinking about you. I'm just seeing what you was up to. That's somebody who cares about you and who trusts you and who loves you and loves to have you a part of their village. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's somebody that you know that you can reciprocate that exact same energy with. But if you're not getting that, then it might be time to focus on, on, on on other things, other people and yourself. So I confirm you. I affirm you um, in what you felt about yeah. your boundaries. It's totally and- fair. Like if you're just not in a place where you are ready to have, like, or you want to go in back and forth or, well, I mean, I think, you know, however you feel, there's no wrong way, you know, Mm-mm. like, no, no, but I mean, I guess we're just offering other ways to think about it. You can, you know, if you, you can take or leave anything that I offer, <laughs> but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're just, just think, yeah, just offering us. or just giving you some ways to think about some things because honestly, girl, I've been on both sides of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, so, so, so I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. So we hope that's helpful. Hillary Banks. Yeah. Ciao. This is really <laughs> hard. Listen, friendships can be tough when we're getting grown. Hello, that's it. (laughs) We've had many talks about friendships. Yes, we probably will have many more because shifts and transitions are just what happens. They are, and then what did you say? Uh, Adaptability is the currency of adulting. That that applies to relationships as 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 well. That applies to friendships. That applies to all of that. So. Sometimes you just got to roll and flow with the wind and figure out what the next move is because that just ain't it no more. Yeah. Sometimes it just be like that. Continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. And we're going to be getting a new email address very soon. Um, we're a, a whole new home in Zhuzh. So you all just stay tuned for just a bevy of announcements that are coming your way uh, in just a few weeks. But in the meantime, we've already done our Black Woman Self-Care. So we're just going to float on over to these petty peeves. All right. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. It's time for these good petty peeves. And I just want to say, you know, it's back to school season. Like Kia said, today was the official first day back. 
Um, and I know all of us are, you know, just really on edge trying to figure out how this school year is going to go with our health and our children's health and just everything with the world. But, you know, we roll in the best that we can. Even despite all of that, I am so happy to have these niggas out of the house. <laughs> my God, my God. And part of that happiness um, aside from me just getting certain things done that I only was able to get done in the peace of my own uh, spirit and energy. Yeah. Um, I also get to start my walks again, you know, mm -hmm. that I lose mm -hmm. over the summer when she's out and, you know, you just get into the flow of other things. And so today was my very first walk. And, you know, so I went with them to school to drop her for the first day. And I was like, all right. I had my workout stuff on and I was ready to take my hour and a half walk back. And I got about halfway through it and my ankle started killing me. And I was like, what in the hell is going on? So I thought maybe my anklet was caught in my sneaker and it's like causing friction. So I adjusted it. it. Wasn't that. Figured maybe it was my sock. Tried to adjust that. It wasn't that. And it was my sneaker. Rubbing the back of my heel. Oh, that is the now, worst feeling. All the times that I've worn these sneakers, I they've been they've been great. I bought them there. They were supposed to be hiking sneakers. So they're Nike Pegasus, whatever, whatever. I don't know what the, all the other shit is called. But I bought them. They were great. They were comfortable when we went hiking. They were comfortable when we went trekking through the woods. And for whatever reason, these niggas decided today, on like the fourth time that I've ever worn them, or I don't know, maybe the sixth, that they wanted to start bothering the back of my heel. And so... I had to literally stop halfway through my walk before it like rubbed raw and get a cab back to the house because it just was so uncomfortable. I stopped at the store. I bought a box of Band-Aids. I put about four of them bitches on the back of my heel. Still didn't do anything. Adjusted mm -hmm. my socks. It was just a nightmare. So I um so it ruined my walk for the day. So I, I was... I did not get to do my my complete my very first walk of this back to school season, but that's okay. So now I'm gonna have to buy me another pair of sneakers to go do my walks in. Thanks a lot, Nike. I love you still. What's your petty peeve? My petty peeve. Um, well, first I want to say that I have been there, and I I feel like when your when your feet hurt like that. It is the most debilitating. Oh my God. It is literally like, because like you literally cannot, you cannot walk. Like, I don't, no. I don't understand how people, I'm fascinated with how people like cheat their feet, you know, like how people like can wear mm -hmm. like shoes that are not fit for them comfortable mm -hmm. because I cannot concentrate if my feet are hurting. No. And I think that that it gets worse the older that I am. Shout out to it, models. Shout out because like what like I can't none of my senses work my I can't hear you mm -hmm. I can't see mm -hmm. you like what mm -hmm. what do you want I, my brain numb. doesn't function. Um, Truth be told, has ha some most of the shoes you wear, I stand back in awe and be like, how the <laughs> fuck is she just wearing this today on a Tuesday? That's not true because I don't even wear heels like that no more. 
I mean, but you did for a period of like at one a point, long period. A long... Of, and the only reason you're not wearing heels right now is because it's a global pandemic and you rarely leave your home. But, but I mean, even but I had really sort of stopped. I stopped wearing heels to work long before COVID. Did you? What were you wearing on your feet? Um, you know, I'm, I turned into like an Oxford's kind of girl. Um, oh. Uh, I mean, I, if I have a conference or an event, a meeting mm-hmm. or something, and I have to like dress up, then I would still wear my shoes. But I don't really have it in me for a, a full nine to five and a pump is something that is like I know unfath- that's right. It's unfathomable at this point. Like what? You know, I'm very Alfred Woodard about the about the feet. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I splurged and bought myself two pairs of heels for my birthday that are some of the most something heels that I've ever bought for myself. Something? I don't, you know, they they were a little pricey and they were, you know, very grown. And I, I said, you know, I deserve to have these because I work hard and I never splurge anything on myself. And so I bought them and I was very pleased with those purchases. But uh, most of the time, your girl is straight Alfred on the feet. No (laughs) heels allowed. I'm wearing flats to the award show ceremony. Wonderful. I'm with it. Okay, um, let me see. My petty peeve is um, I've been dealing with a, a challenge, like professionally, around um, folks sort of like I feel like they're like buzzwords in the workplace that people use um, because it's like appropriate and, and and accepted for like you know it's expected for us to use words like collaboration. Um, but I mean, I've learned that folks really don't know what that means and they're not like, they're not collaborative, like, Mm. or they're like, you know, I hate like the performative aspects of that can kind of go into work, work sometimes. Right. So like there Mm -hmm. are people who, um, have already made a decision or, uh, you know, they know what they want to do, but they'll bring it to the group and ask for folks' input full well that that they're not like, you know, y'all really don't. Or they'll be like, that. what do you think about this? Or or they'll ask for suggestions in a way that's like not productive. Um, I think like, you know what I think, asshole. Right. So <laughs> I have been, um, I've been particularly annoyed around those kinds of conversations um, um, professionally. And that's mm-hmm. not just like at my job job, but just even working with projects and working in groups. It's like, you know, guys, if you are the leader of something, you have the authority to sort of like make a decision. You don't have to mm-hmm. act like every decision um, is made collectively, because if you commit to collective decision making and considering the input of other people, then you have to actually do that. So don't like just be performative about that kind of stuff because that gets on my nerves. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I agree. That gets on my nerves and I hate it. It's like this perfunctory exercise of asking everybody how they feel when you don't really care. I don't really, I don't really believe that you care how I feel about this. I don't know. So don't. You knew you wanted Chinese for lunch. Don't ask the office what they want. Just place the fucking order. Yeah. Like, (laughs) 
you know, just come on. I don't, I'm, I'm weary. I'm, I'm growing weary of the performative, uh, way, ways that people try to like perform collegiality mm. when they could just actually be collegial. <laughs> Why do you think they're doing that? You think they're just to say, to, to pretend to save face? Are they shallow enough to believe that somebody thinks that this is a sincere I do. Move? I do think for many people, they believe that, you know, this is, that their, that their uh, words or actions are, are, are genuine. Okay. Okay. Um because we're, I think we're all conditioned to sort of like subscribe to these things and folks who have sort of asked questions kind of mm-hmm. get, um, there's a consequence or cost for sort of asking questions or being quote unquote disruptive or interrupting sort of like how we've all been socialized to kind of go along with stuff. Mm. And so I think there's a strong culture of performance in a lot of professional spaces um and it's just sort of like it's i'm trying to tell myself that this is good practice for me because it's Mm -hmm. teaching me what kind of leader and manager i want to be and what kind of professional spaces and collaborative spaces Mm -hmm. i really want to curate like if Mm -hmm. i say that i want to lead a team i want to be intentional about leading it in these ways because i know the ways that get on my nerves Yes. Okay. It's so, so I am not a doctor. Uh, I don't lead those teams, but it's funny. You say that years ago, Tristan worked at this bar and this lady had essentially gone and bartended for like six months at a spot just to like see how it worked or whatever. Right. And then she just thought like, bang, I'm gonna open this bar. And I've been working in the service industry a long time. My husband was working in the service industry for a long time. You've got a lot of people in the service industry who know the ins and outs of how the service industry runs. And what Mm -hmm. ends up happening is you get these people with investors or money who don't know shit about the service industry. They think they know a little bit about food, but they don't really know the ins and outs. And then they open up a spot and they don't listen to the people who have actually been working in this industry for years and can tell you, you know, tricks of the trade and little things here and there no we may not be able to tell you how to get an investor to open the whole goddamn business but we can tell you how the fuck not to get shut down by the health department and all of the ins and outs of that or how you build more clientele how you become cool with your customers in this way in which you're able to get more revenue in this way like Mm -hmm. we can tell you how to do the the day-to-day that makes the business function and so we found that a lot of the places that we worked, it was people who didn't have those. They weren't, they didn't have that and they wouldn't want to listen to you. And then their business ends up tanking and crashing and burning. Mm. And so, yes, it just reminded when you said that, that reminded me of me when I, when we were talking about opening up our own spot, it was like, I would love to be a person who's actually been in this industry, loves what I'm doing and can really have a place that functions because I've worked behind the scenes in front of the scenes on the side of the scenes and everything else in between. So yes, I feel affirmed by you saying that for sure. Cause I think, you know, we, we, we have all kind of been socialized to perform in socially accepted ways. Yeah. And so there is now a cost for folks being raggedy. So they have mm-hmm. to act like they're not raggedy when fundamentally mm-hmm. they are raggedy. 
<laughs> yes. So it's like. <laughs> so, um, Ooh, just like, it's, put like my thing is like, instead of sort of promoting and encouraging folks to perform in certain ways, why don't we just have like, why don't we just all aspire to be better? Let's just yeah. be better. Like, yeah. let's be better human beings. Let's mean yeah. what we say. And that, that sometimes, well, all the times means that, you know, you can hear my criticism from a place mm-hmm. of like, okay, this is this is useful information that will help me be a better person versus mm-hmm. like this is a, an attack on who I am. Right. Um, that I have to be defensive against. So that's my, I'm sick. I'm, I'm tired of all of the fake and phony. I'm really getting tired of like all of the fake, like, how's everybody doing? Like... <laughs> Y'all don't really care, care how I'm doing. Let's get to it. Like, let's get to it. Let's get to it. You better than me because I'd be the one in the meetings who'd be like, you don't care. So <laughs> it doesn't even matter. And not because I don't care. Not because I care that you don't care, but because I literally don't care for the fluff of this conversation right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't need any fluff. I told life. you about when I got my old boss fired. And then I finally ran into that nigga on the street. I knew I was going to run into that nigga on the street. So he sat there and thought he was going to intimidate me. He sat there and just stood and smiled as I approached. And I shimmied like the motherfucking Light King on on Game of Thrones towards <laughs> that nigga. You're not going to make me feel uncomfortable. I stand in what the fuck just happened. And we're not going to have pleasantries and pretend like I didn't just get your trifling ass fired. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's just that on that. And that's another episode of Getting Grown. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of the conversation and being a part of our community. Thank you for, for supporting Jade and I. Um, Always. And we look forward to doing it again. Next week, man. Jade, take us out. Oh, yes. Make sure you drink your water, which is what I'm about to do mm-hmm. before I choke on this blunt. Um, <laughs> so that I can moisturize my throat <laughs> as well as my insides. <laughs> mm. Ooh, got to lead by example. <laughs> uh, also, don't forget to mind your business. Um, I think I did that all out of order. Drink your water, mind your business. Oh, and moisturize your skin. Very all important. the crevices, all in between the toes. Um, that includes your heart and your mind. For sure. Why, sis? Because your black will crack if it's dry. Or if you're pretending to be something that you are not. Period. Just be the bitch that you are and <laughs> stop pretending to be otherwise. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Anyone can be ready for back to school. But with Staples Connect, you can be more than ready. Like, I got everything from my classroom and save the time ready. They've got more backpacks, more pens, more supplies than you ever thought was possible, honey. So lace up your Air Max, gas up your Honda Odyssey, and smear your Warfinger paint on your face, honey, under your eyes. Make sure you use grease-free. You don't want to clog up your pores, buddy. But get to the Staples, honey, because they have everything you need and more for the new school year. Let's do this. Just visit your nearest Staples store, or you can go to staplesconnect.com for inspiration.